Good morning. Oh, that was, that was low. Good morning. That's better. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let's be glad in it. You know, I want to paint a scenario for you. It's really not too hard to, to picture this happening. It probably happens on a regular basis to you. Uh, but say you're in heavy traffic. Uh, there's heavy traffic on the street, and you're trying to pull in. And you're waiting and waiting and waiting. You just can't get in. And finally, some kind soul pauses, waves you on. How does that make you feel? I mean, what do you do? It's a nod, a smile, a thank you. You, 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 you show your appreciation in some way, right? Well, say you're driving down this street, and you're the one in the heavy traffic, and you see somebody on the side of the road trying to get in, and you're just about to slow down, but instead of them waiting for you, they push themselves right in. They cut you off. There's no nod, there's no smile, there's no gesture. And at that point, you might be tempted to give your own type of gesture (laughs) if it wasn't for the Lord constraining you. Happens a lot. It can make or break your day when these things happen, right? Now, how about this scenario? It's a hot summer day. You're in the backyard. You're enjoying your family. You're having a barbecue, and all of a sudden, it's barely perceptible but your kids hear it and it gets louder and louder it's the neighborhood ice cream truck so the kids run up to you and they have that look in their eyes and they ask for money and you get the money out of your pocket and one child grabs the money and runs to the street and your other daughter gets the money wraps their arm around you, plants a kiss on your cheek, and then runs off. Big difference. How does that make you feel? Ingratitude and gratitude is easy to spot. You know, let me, let me, today we're going to talk about two very important words, words that can change the way you live. It can change the way you think. It can impact other people and even generations. Can anybody guess? Here, I don't want you to say it out loud. On the back of your bulletin, there's a place that you could write things down. Take a few seconds and write down two words, a pair of words that could have such a powerful impact on your life, and then we're going to share. Okay. Now, let's see if any of you guessed this. Is it this one? I do. Pretty powerful two words, right? Impacts generation, changes your life forever. Hallelujah for the good. Thumbs up, I see. Could those be the words? No. Those are not the words I'm talking about. How about this one? Happy birthday. Happy birthday. That's a great, you celebrated a whole year of life that the Lord blessed you with. Family, friends gather together. I mean, those are great two words, but that's not the two words. 
Now, this next pair of words don't show it yet. This was a close second for me because it helped save me from embarrassment because I write a lot of documents and, and this thing really spared me a lot. Could you show that one? Spell check. I thank God for spell check. But that's not the two words either. You ready for the two words? Let me hear from you. Just call them out. You probably... You, thank you. That's the word. The, the two powerful words that can have such a profound impact on you and on others. Now, we're about to celebrate Thanksgiving. And as a family tradition, what we do around the table, we usually go around the table and share something that we're really grateful, really thankful that the Lord blessed us with this year. Isn't that a good tradition to have? I don't know if your family does that, but why do we do it just one time? Why do we just do it? it research supports that being thankful year-round is beneficial in so many ways. Now, I jotted down a few of those ways. Do you know research shows that your brain's chemistry actually changes something with the serotonin and the endorphins where you actually are a happier person when you're thankful. Showing gratitude, here's another benefit, can make you more patient. People who are grateful for the everyday little things are more patient. They're better able to make decisions. Being thankful can improve your relationships. And husband and wife, when you appreciate each other, it improves your relationship in so many ways and your connectedness. Here's a good one. Being thankful on a regular basis can help you sleep better because it soothes, as you have positive thoughts, it soothes your nervous system so you're able to sleep better, longer, more soundly. Here's one some of us might be interested in, especially after Thanksgiving when we pig out. Gratitude can actually stop you from overeating because it reboots, somehow it replenishes your willpower and it helps you to step back and say no when you should. Now here's a really important one because I don't know if you realize what an epidemic in the Western world we have with this issue. It's depression. Research supports that being thankful can erase depression. And the, the support, the, the uh, study I want to talk about that shows this support is people who were asked to do this three good things or three good moments exercise where they thought about their day and they were to write down every day three good things that happened that day. Do you know, it's astounding what happened. Within two weeks, and I quote cognitive scientist Susan Thompson, within two weeks, there was marked improvement on people who had depression. And here's her quote. If there were a drug that did that, whoever patented that drug would be very, very rich. That's how powerful those two words, thank you, are. It can erase 
depression. Now, here's the thing about it, and you've probably observed this too. Why is it that a person who has a great job, a great family, you know, all the trinkets they would want, a summer home, a boat, I mean, they should be the most grateful people and the happiest people, and yet they're miserable. Do you know what I'm talking about? They have everything, and yet you have a person with financial difficulty, maybe health issues, and yet they're the happiest person that you could ever meet. And they're always with an attitude of gratitude. What's with that? I recently, um, I met a woman. She's not here today. I invited her. Her name is Cindy. She's a sweetheart. I mean, she is so positive, so patient, so thankful to be alive. And you'd, if you didn't know the backstory of Cindy, Cindy several years ago had a car accident, and the car accident left her with uh, damaged discs in her neck and her back. Needless to say, she's got numbness in her fingers and pain in her legs. I mean, pain, pain. And, and yet you would never guess it. She's the most active senior citizen next to me that I know. And she's grateful to be able to use her limbs. She's an inspiration to me. You know, Naomi grew up in a home with 11 older siblings. She's here today. And I want to share her story. She grew up in a Christian home. Her, as a matter of fact, her, pa her father was a pastor. And she grew up in the ways of the Lord, but went away to college. And, you know, was exposed to that kind of lifestyle. Naomi remained faithful to God. Thank you, Jesus. But something happened to Naomi. She had a brain aneurysm. She was found in her dorm room, fortunately in time. They rushed her to the hospital. The doctors didn't give her much hope. They told the family that uh, she would probably never walk again or even live a functional life. But she had a lot of people praying, a lot of people believing. And I want to tell you, within three months of leaving that hospital, she defied the odds and was able to walk. And she was able, yes, glory to God. <laughs> Naomi lives a thankful lifestyle. I've never seen a woman exude such joy because she's happy to be alive. Would you stand up, Naomi? Why is it that some people could be so happy and grateful and thankful to be alive even in the morning before their coffee? And other people can go through storms and situations and show such joy because they're grateful and thankful that God is in their life. It seems like... Um, when we lose our health, we're more grateful when we get it back, amen? When we lose our money, we're more grateful when we can start a savings account again, and you find that you're even more generous with your money. 
because you're so thankful to have it. I know we just talked about the, the Israel trip, but last, last year about this time, we had just returned from our mission trip to Israel. And it was a great trip, but I was so happy to be there on the mountains of Puerto Rico and just praising God because rewind several months before in July, I had an injury and it was like a domino effect where I stubbed my toe, it caused a blood clot in my calf, so I had a deep vein thrombosis, I was put on blood thinners, I had problem breathing, I had to be put on drugs for that, and I was a mess. It was a pruning time. But I was so thankful and so grateful to be in Puerto Rico, serving the Lord, and grateful that he touched me and healed me. That's what it's like. And I live my life saying thank you to the Lord, to myself, in my car, when I'm playing pickleball, I thank God I'm alive. Amen. So, but it was because of that valley that I could be grateful for the better health that I have. As a matter of fact, my pickleball friends are here today. Would you wave your hands? Yeah. Pickleball, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, being grateful, a grateful lifestyle is focusing on solutions rather than problems. It means being in the present, not worrying about the future, not dwelling on the mistakes of the past. It's an attitude. It's a state of mind. It's a renewing of your mind. It's, it's instead of thinking the way the world thinks. And believe me, the world can be pretty depressing, don't you think? if we look at the way the world is, but if we could turn our minds and focus and refocus, it's called renewing your mind. You know, Romans 12, 1 talks about that. Present your body, that means live. Present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. It's your reasonable act of service. In other words, that's the least we could do for the Lord, for what he's done for us. And here's the key. Do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of the world, but be transformed. How do you do that? By renewing your mind. And the best way to renew your mind is to be in the word of God and to, and to use the word properly and to speak life into yourself. And here, I hear people a lot of times say things like this. Oh, I'm so stupid. Matter of fact, I play pickleball with some guy who does that all the time, and I'm telling him, positive, say positive things about yourself. He, anyway, this negative thing, instead of this, instead of saying, oh, I'm so stupid, the Word of God says in James 1, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. So here we use those words, those thank you words. We say, thank you, God, for creating me the way you designed me, and thank you for your generous gift of wisdom. All, all we have to do is ask. Some of you might say, I can't do that. But the word of God says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. So we use those words, those thank you words. Thank you, God, for giving me the strength I need. 
Thank you, God, for giving everything I need. You equipped me with everything I need to accomplish the task that's set before me. You might say, I have anxiety. I'm stressed. Word of God says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and what happens? The peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, prayer and thanksgiving goes hand in hand. Prayer changes us. And we thank God before we see it. That's what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. We don't see it yet. We pray and believe. And when it happens, we give God thanks whether it happens or not. We know it will happen. The key is to focus. Look at the last part of this verse. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. In other words, it's focus. It's focus on who is praiseworthy. Who fits that description anyway? Who's right and true and noble and pure and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy? Jesus. He's the only one. So we get the focus off of us off our problems, but on the truth of who he is. Now, there's four levels of living. We could live in four levels. And you know, a lot of us are gamers and we like to play games and we next, get to the next level. This is something I have good news for you. You could all get to the highest level. You can get to the fourth level. But here, the first level of living is people who constantly complain. You know who I'm talking about, the people that you see and you turn around and who you hope they don't see you. <laughs> you turn the other way. It's like toxic conversations. It's like everything they say is, is negative. They constantly complain. And I love this. Rather than humbly be humbly grateful, they're grumbly hateful. Now, the second level is a little, a tad better, but these are people who never give thanks for anything. I mean, they're not complaining, but they think they're entitled to things. So why should they give thanks? The third level, a lot of people are at this and they're happy with it, but you can get better. Third level is we thank God for the obvious blessings. When things are going good and everything's fine, we thank God. But as soon as things get bad, we start blaming God, we start complaining. But the fourth level, which I hope you all strive to get to, is we give thanks always for all things. Now this is the attitude that can change your life. When we thank him, we use those two words, thank you, regardless of what our eyes see, but what our eyes of faith believe. And here's how we get to that level. You want to know how to get to the level? Practice. Just like when you're practicing on your games, to get to the next level, you got to practice. Sometimes too long, hours. But if you practice these things, number one, remember anything that is good, anything and everything comes from the hand of God. It's not your own wisdom. It's not your own skill. It's not your ingenuity. 
It's God's generosity. God loves you. He doesn't owe you anything, but he graciously gives you those things. So appreciate with what you have. The second thing you can do is don't just wait for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving isn't just one day out of the year. Be thankful. Be on the lookout every day for reasons to be thankful. Look to others. Don't look to criticize them or judge them. Always, I always love the tough cookies, the ones that are scowlers, and I want to make them smile. I want to do something to make them know that they're appreciated in some way. So don't just do it once a year. Every prayer that you have should be salted with thanks. Everything that we have, remember, comes from him. And give thanks in everything. Did I say that? Everything. Everybody say that word with me. Everything. Romans 8 says, All things work together for the good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. All things. Does it mean all things are good? No, all things work together for the good. If we believe that God is knitting together sovereignly all the events in our life, then we believe what the word says, that he's working out for the good. We don't know how or why. Here's what James wrote about it. He went through trials. As a matter of fact, he was martyred. But here he says, consider it pure joy, my brethren, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And we can look at the Old Testament, we could look at Daniel in the lion's den, we could look at a, a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, being thrown into the fiery furnace. We could look at Paul in prison, and we can see that they went through trials. But Believer, I don't know what you might be going through right now, but God promises that he is with you. Amen. Second, you know, we could look at a scripture that can bring us some comfort, and this was one of Naomi's favorite. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But, it, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. These can encourage us. These can sustain us. These can redeem a situation because ultimately we know that God is working it out for some good. Remember that the circumstance might not be good, but it will ultimately work out for the good. You know, I had to have surgery many years ago, and, you know, the pain of the surgery, uh, it, it made me appreciate the end where I knew that the pain, it would solve the pain. So sometimes that's how the word is. Sometimes that's how situations are. The goal is the end. The process isn't always fun. Sometimes it's painful but the end result is for his glory. And, you know, some, some of you might say, well, you know, we're supposed to thank God, but I don't feel like it. 
I don't feel like thanking God for losing my job. I don't feel like thanking God for this doctor's report or my financial difficulties. I just don't feel like it. Maybe some of you are there. But we're not, to, we're not told to feel thankful. We're told to be thankful. It's a big difference. We can't rest on our feelings. What we're trusting in is God's sovereignty. And be thankful for things that you have that isn't accessible to the rest of the world. You know, I jotted down some of these because sometimes we, we don't appreciate the, the things that we have here in this country. I, I'm glad I have plenty of clean drinking water, a roof over my head. I don't have to go hungry. I'm thankful I have access to the internet. I'm thankful that when I do yard work, and I have two dogs, and the leaves are covering things, that I can do the yard work and not step in the poop. I'm thankful for that. <laughs> I'm thankful when the nice cashier says to me, did you find everything that you wanted? And they really meant it. I'm thankful for my car's brake lights, because if anybody ever followed me, you know how I drive that those brake lights have probably saved my life a few times. I'm, I'm thankful for a dishwasher, dishes and utensils, for memories and dreams. I'm thankful that my heart is still beating. I'm thankful for pickleball and people and places. I'm thankful for worship music that makes me cry and movies that make me laugh. I'm, I'm thankful for sleep, for clean sheets, I'm thankful for family and good friends, for scented candles, for Eagle's Coffee. Oh. They're across the street, and if you had never had their coffee, they're the best coffee in Elizabeth. I'm thankful for my granddaughter. Did I say that? See, sometimes we just lose focus. Take a look at this video. Show me what I have to be thankful for. Sometimes we just lose focus. Gratitude turns our enough into more than enough. It turns our denial into acceptance. It turns our chaos into order, our confusion into clarity. It can turn a meal into a feast if we're grateful. It can turn a house into a home, a stranger into a friend, a prison into a palace. The Apostle Paul was in prison, and the next footsteps he heard in the corridor could have been the executioners that were coming to take him. His only bed was the cold stone, filthy floor of the prison. He was never free from the pain of the cuffs around his hands and his feet. His bloodied back from the 40 minus 1 lashes that he received was crusted with blood and clung to his back. And in those conditions, he would have every reason to complain. He was separated from friends, unjustly accused and treated. But instead of complaints, the lips rang 
thanks. Listen to what he wrote in Ephesians 5. While he was in those conditions, he wrote this letter. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here he was in prison. And again in Philippians 4, he wrote, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. He daily lived the reality of being a grateful person, of using those two powerful words every day. Thank you. Gratefulness and praise turned his prison into a palace. Just like your ungratefulness can turn your palace into a prison. You know, God's will is for us to be grateful, to be thankful. You know, a lot of times I hear people, I want to know what God's will is in for my life, what, what his direction, what his purpose. Well, you know how you want to know? You look at his revealed will, which is the word of God. And here's what it says. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you. Say that with me. For this is the will of God for you. So there were three commands here. They weren't suggestions. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. That's what God's will is. How constantly a person does this is a reflection of their spirit-filled life. Are you rejoicing? Are you thankful? Are you constantly praying? When the Spirit controls you, you will be saying thank you more than not. You know, in the, in the, in the Old Testament, well, actually in the New Testament, I think of the ten lepers, Leprosy was a horrible disease. It disfigured people. It, it marginalized them. People weren't allowed to live with their families or even in the, in the towns. They had to go to the outskirts of town and if anybody passed them by, they had to cry out and say, unclean, you can't come near me because I'm contagious. And here, 10 lepers, there's a story and you can read it at home, in Luke 17, they went up to Jesus and there was nothing more that a leper would want than to be healed. And they went up to him and they pleaded him, pleaded with him. And Jesus healed them instantly. All ten of them. And yet, only one, wasn't even a Jew, it was a Samaritan. Only one came and said, thank you. Only one-tenth. That, in a room like this with 350 people, 35 of you would come and say thank you. One-tenth. Ingratitude is too common. I mean, we talked about the person, like, cutting you off, the child that just grabbed the money and, and ran. Kids don't appreciate everything that their parents do for them. But the biggest, the biggest thing we fail to do is to thank God for everything that he's done for us. You know, ingratitude is a sin. I don't want to lay a heavy on you, but you think of the big ones, you know, murder, adultery, you know, other forms of immorality. But do you know that 
Ingratitude is a sin. Romans, the indictment against rebellious humanity is found in Romans 1. It says this, although they knew God, that means mentally assent, that means they knew about him. Although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. That's what happens to an ungrateful heart. It gets cold. It gets callous toward God. It gets indifferent to the mercy and the love of God. We forget how dependent we really are on for, for the Lord for everything, for the people in your life, for the things in your life. Let's live a life that's inspired by the Holy Spirit. Let's live a life of gratitude of saying thank you. When we gathered together in a church, the early church, of course, they didn't have a building. They met, met in homes. But they, one read a psalm, one shared the word, but a lot of them gave thanks. That's the meaning of gathering together in his name, to give thanks. We can't drum this up. We can't drum it up on our own, when things are, especially when things are going bad. It's Holy Spirit-inspired. And true thankfulness begins with knowing Christ, knowing who he is and inviting him into your life, into your heart, and asking the Holy Spirit to lead and to guide you. The Bible does tell us that we're separated from God. You know, Adam was placed in the perfect situation with communion with God, and yet through his rebellion, he brought sin into the world. And every one of us inherited the DNA from Adam. We're dead spiritually. And the only way to become alive is to expect the payment for our sin, which was a perfect blood with the, without the DNA of sin. And that's the blood of Jesus Christ, the spotless lamb, the sacrifice that would take your sin and mine. And once we receive Christ, all we do is we turn away from the way we're living. We turn away from trying to pull into the road without acknowledging him, without saying thank you, without a smile or a nod. Instead of that, we turn away from that. And we look to him and we say thank you with all gratitude for what you've done. I turn away from the way I'm living and I'm doing it your way. Does anybody here that want to do that today? Maybe you've never done it. Yeah, raise your hand. If, I'm not going to put you on the spot. I see your hand. You just want to say thank you. Thank you for your payment. I see your hand. I see your hand. Thank you. Anybody up here? You want to say thank you to him. You don't want to be forcing your way on the road anymore. You want to do it his way. Okay. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you. Just bow our heads for a moment. Nobody looking around, nobody moving. Uh, we, we've got a little bit more to go, Harold. Okay. Um, Lord, I thank you for those who raise their hands, God. I thank you, Lord, that you have inspired them, oh God, to turn away from their ways, to, to make you Lord, to uh, repent 
and choose your way. Holy Spirit, I pray that you abide in them, that you live in them, that you empower them, that your presence and power will be evident in their life from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Few things I want you guys to do. I want you to know the scripture. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that who would ever believe in him wouldn't perish, but would have everlasting life. And if you made Christ your Lord today, you are together with him for all eternity. And those of you who know him already, when was the last time you thanked him for your salvation? When you come to Christ, that's just the beginning. And the rest of our life, we live a thank you. That's the rest of our life, is gratitude. That's why we live, that's why we serve him. And here's what I want you to do. You know, there's no sense in hearing a message and then not doing anything with it. So here's what I'd like for you to do. Here's a homework assignment, if you choose. Start a gratitude journal. Gratitude journal is where you reflect on your day at the end of the day and you write in those things that happen in the course of the day that you're thankful for. And they, you could start with material things, but thank the Lord, it all comes from Him. You will find your attitude, your attitude of gratitude is gonna improve as you reflect on those things. You willing to do that? Start your, that's something you could start tonight. And then I want to take it a step further. There's 52 weeks in the year. Look at your attitude, your, your, uh, your gratitude journal, and choose one person out of that week and write them a letter. Send them an email. I think writing it down is better than just calling them. And let them know how much you appreciate them. People don't know how much you appreciate them if you don't tell them. How many times I've heard at funerals, oh, gee, I wish I would have just told him how much he meant to me. Whether it's a coach, a teacher, a parent, a sibling, a friend, do this exercise and you will have such a beautiful feeling of gratitude. And here's the, here's the key, don't repeat. 52 weeks, 52 different people. I know somebody who even wrote um, an establishment. They went to a restaurant, they were treated well, the, the, they sent the compliments to the owner. The owner wrote, wrote them back and said they shared the letter to their entire staff and they were so touched by it. How many times do we, you know, hey, your waitress was really mean or I'm sending, you know, bad review about your... We, we look to criticize, right? How many times do we bless and thank? Well, you have an assignment. You can do that. 52 weeks, you have to practice that. And here's the final thing. You notice inside your bulletin, open your bulletin, you see a little sticky pad. There should be a little piece of sticky pad like this. 
I know there were hard workers that put this sheet in there. Raise up your little sheet. Everybody should have one. Take it out. Okay? And I want you to write. This is something you could do right now. I want you to write on this sticky pad and bring it to the gratitude cross. Something that you're grateful and thankful for as we reflect. I'll give you a few minutes to do that. And now if we could have some soft music, and that would be awesome. <laughs> and those of you who prayed that prayer and raised your hand, once you bring up your, your sticky pad and stick it on the cross, will you stay up here with me? Because I want to meet with you. I want to talk with you. Uh, before we excuse you for refreshments. Okay, so don't be shy. As soon as you write this down, just stick it up there on the cross.